3: Good evening,
4: good evening. Hope you're all doing well on this Thursday evening. I'm your host, Scott Burks. This is the Clown Hour. I'm the creator of the sports ball. It's called The Clown Times. It's the Clown Care, by the way. You can find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you're able to find me on Facebook. Just do a search in the upper left-hand corner. I guess that's where it is. Search one over there. Type of The Clown Times. Again, that's Clown Slipk. You'll be find me there. You cutting up with uh, all things LeBron James, other things NBA free agency and whatnot. Still World Cup too <clears throat> on there as well. So part of me as I stop grooving stuff doing the, the John Travolta or the hustle or whatever the hell you call those dance. But anyway, uh, we got a very busy show tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about, first of all, you know, all things World Cup. You know, we're in the quarterfinals. Uh, a lot of stuff going on there, as well as that crazy-ass period called NBA Free Agency. It is really blowing up the spot. I mean, I hadn't seen the NBA this interesting in a very long time in the off season. So we'll be talking about that with my guy, um, like one of the um, the, uh, the sports hosts. that I, I sometimes do a sports show like once or twice a month here locally, actually, actually in the, in the um, suburbs of Cincinnati called Hamilton. It's actually called the Weekend Adjustments and WHM, oh, sorry, WMOH 1450 the ticket, every, which comes on every Saturday morning at from 10 to 12. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about Wimbledon. Wimbledon 2018 uh, with one of my favorite guests. Y'all know her from the co-host of the uh, YouTube podcast, Real Tennis Fans, the one and only, uh, i get her name right this time, Janina Reed. Miss Me, it's been well a How are you doing?
0: I am well. Right. How are you?
4: <laughs> I, I feel like I'm I might faithful. have my own theme music. You know what? You just might. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, you know, out of that or Uptown Girls, you know, by Pet Shop Boys. I, I thought it's was either that one or the, or or the Bee Gees, More Than a Woman. I mean, by the way, I just absolutely love, 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 love. Uh, that soundtracks One of my favorite movie soundtracks of all time talk, uh, talk about Saturday Night Fever um, I mean, God, I, I, showing I, your I, I wear the I'm again I'm 40 i I'd be 45 <laughs> in September Thank you very much I'm only five years old Make me sound like I'm ancient Even though I feel like <laughs> it but, but, anyway, but, I, but, but I'll say this I My brother and I Wore the hell out of that CD I mean you know it's, it's BGs man, I mean BGs is one of one. Of, is, they're a great group. People know acknowledge their greatness, but they're I mean, to me, compared to other groups, that they're vastly underrated, in my opinion. So, um, fair enough. Shout out to the BGs, at least the one BG that's uh, still alive. <laughs> um, so, which is sad, but anyway. And you laughing too. You you gonna go to hell
3: for that? Like, <laughs> anyway. Well, at least to
4: the one. <laughs> Right, right to the right to the one, exactly. <laughs> all right, sis. All right, there's a little Wimbledon here. Well, first of all, I mean, you know, it's been going on for the past little of a week, I guess. But yeah. first thing I want to talk about and I and I always and you know that I always have to talk about this young lady. At least young compared to mm-hmm. us. Sloan Stevens. What the hell I mean she is so damn too damn talented to be going on the first round of Wimbledon. I mean, you're closer to this than I am, obviously. But but what the hell is going on with Sloan? Why why can't she be so consistent? Why, why well, is that missing from a game she, for some reason?
0: She's just not consistent, period. End of story. Uh-huh. That's the uh-huh. easy answer. Um, she hasn't been consistent throughout her career. Typically, she shows up for the big stuff, but lately not even so much that. In her last five majors, she has either gone out in the first round or won the whole thing, or at least made it to the final. So it's like round one, win it. Round one, lose in the final. Round one, out. So, you know, but (laughs) she made some really poor choices, it seems like, this time around, because she did not play a grass court warm-up. I have no idea why. I don't know if she's nursing an injury. (laughs) Like, you're not Serena Williams. You don't get to do that, boo. Play a warm-up.
3: Right, <laughs> right, right, So right,
0: I, right. I, you know, that's she, she fucked up.
4: Mm. But I'm Basically, not surprised. I mean, I can't believe she didn't play a warm-up. T- I mean, most people who work for damn at least take their craft a little bit seriously, play a warm-up tournament. So I, I don't understand. I just don't. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, you I, figure, I mean, I'm with you. I don't get it.
0: The tour just moved from clay to grass. That's a huge difference. Get in a smaller right. tournament and play. It really, to me, is that simple. And she didn't do it. So, therefore, you have her going out to, you know, Donna Vekic, number 55 in the world, home wrecker, sleeping with Stan Vavrenka.
3: <laughs>
0: There's all oh, of stuff going lady. on there. <laughs> wow. That's the lady. <laughs> and Donna's been playing well. I'm pretty sure she just won a tournament. So. That's you know, I, that's what you get. That's what you get for showing up thinking you can do shit you can't do.
4: I mean, well, one would think to your point, she's so damn inconsistent. I mean, she's like, how old is she? Twenty five. I, mean, she's in the I, I really career. don't even
0: know. I mean, she's young, but yeah, I'm not really sure how old she is. But she she should know better. Her coach should know better, which which is why I say I wonder if she's nursing some injury we didn't know about, because it just doesn't. I can't wrap my mind around the fact that she went straight into a major without any type of warm up on that surface, other than practice. That just seems silly and naive and flat
4: yeah. out stupid. Right, right. That's too bad because I mean I'm trying to really, I'm trying to pull for this system. I mean. She she had a breakthrough at the U.S. Open last year, and I mean I'm looking forward to to do big things. I'm just sitting and waiting on the edge of my chair, hoping that she takes that next step, because she has all the talent in the world. I mean we, I mean we talked about at Austin before, but she has all the talent in the world, and to, I mean just to have this one major. I mean I I mean obviously that's yes, one more major than, than I would ever have. I
3: mean <laughs> you know to
4: be honest, but. But the thing is, is she should have, she should have, with her skill set, she should have at least three or four by now. I mean, I, I well, mean, just from following her should. from the distance for the past few years. She,
0: she probably should. She probably should be better off than she is. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've spoken with her coach. I don't think it's a work ethic thing. I don't think she's lazy and doesn't want to put in the work. I don't think that's it at mm-hmm. all. She's just. I, I think it's probably more of a mental issue. She really didn't have two fucks to give in her presser after she lost that match. And then she tweeted some bullshit yes, about I'm not going to be down and I'm going to, you know, I'm moving on. I mean, you lost in round one to Wimbledon, the the pinnacle of tennis. You should be sad.
4: Yeah. She sounds a lot, of, a lot like like the White Howard, you know, in the NBA. Like one of those people where <laughs> if they if, if 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 he or she loses, then her his her attitude would be like, well, oh, the sun's gonna shine tomorrow. That's what she sounds like. That
0: yeah, that's pretty much it. But it's not even that's, that positive. It's more bad. like, eh, oh well, I lost. Moving on.
4: That's too bad. That's too bad. Again, a, a young lady with her skill set should have more than one a lot more than one major by now. So
0: she may I don't just want to consider say, Uh-huh. I I'm gonna say she might want to consider stopping with all the really poor photo shoots that make her look like a wannabe porn star and focus on the <laughs> tennis. Because those are bad, <laughs> bad, bad. Sloan is a beautiful woman. She is gorgeous, but she keeps finding herself in these really awkward photo shoots these people don't dress her right. They don't photograph her right. She needs to cut that shit out and just go play tennis because it's really, really bad.
4: Well, I mean, I wish she could do like Serena would do or other tennis stars in the past or present, really. Just go zero dark 30 and just mm-hmm. go go to the lab and hunker down,
3: you know? Something. Right. I mean, it seems like that's
4: do? what Madison keeps – I mean, you, yeah, exactly. I've got, I mean, I'm looking at, like, her contemporaries, such as Madison Keys, one of her best friends. She's, I think she's still in, in, in the tournament, and she mm-hmm. seems to be still doing well. I mean, I think she's smarting from, I would say, she's still smarting from losing U.S. up violence to one of her best friends.
1: Um,
4: but she's, you can tell that she's still chopping that wood, so to speak. You know, she's still grinding. She's still busting her ass just to wow. get that one elusive major. We'll see how she
0: does at the business end of the tournament. Madison Keys can be a bit of a head case.
4: Oh, really? See, I don't <laughs> oh, know. At all. I'm, I'm thinking. She, <laughs> I'm thinking
0: she likes, she likes to sad cry sad sad on the
3: changeovers. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, these American girls, they need cry. to get it together.
4: Well, speaking of American okay. girls, um, I, I hadn't heard anything from your one of your favorites, Um uh, uh, uh Vanderway, that Van Coco Vanderway.
0: Coco uh, is out. Uh, what's
4: up with her? She lost
0: yeah. already. You know. These are no, these are people doing God's don't work. Have
4: a lot of <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: yeah. No
4: comment. Um, but I mean there's another <laughs> one who has all the talent in the world and yet I mean at least Sloan has one major title. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Coco. I mean, I again, it's something about to your point I guess Some about these American tennis players, like, uh, Listen, like outside of Williams sisters, of course, who
0: she a is short. a Trump supporter. She's a Trump supporter. I'm telling you, this is God's work.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Move her right along. Uh,
3: <laughs>
4: okay, well. But one, more, but one more, segment on, on the on the American women. At least, at, at least the women's sisters are still in it. I think both sisters play tomorrow. Um, and Serena being a twenty fifth
1: seed, twenty fifth
4: seed. I mean, I, you know, I know she's coming back from a pregnancy, but it's odd to see Serena Williams see that so low, let alone the twenty fifth seed. Well, that's that's, that's, that's that's making this pretty interesting.
0: You have to understand that she really isn't seated at all. That was, that was uh, gratitude on the, on the people of, from the people of Wimbledon. Her ranking mm. is very low. Her ranking isn't high enough right. right now to even get her direct entry into the tournament. So Wimbledon always um, messes. They're the only major that messes with the seedings, although the U.S. Open claims that they're going to do it this year. Every major has the right to adjust their seedings, but Wimbledon is the only tournament that always does. And they do have a formula for it on the men's side um, where they calculate how they have played on grass for the past year, blah, blah, blah. And so it's not uncommon for the men to um, not follow their ranking. The women, they just kind of do mm-hmm. whatever they want. So really she shouldn't have been ranked. So I think that's probably a fair seating for her and for the other people because um, I think we have to realize that, it's not so much about who Serena plays. There's a marketing side to all of this, and the tournament does not want to see Serena Williams come up against, you know, Simona Halep in round one and knock out their number mm-hmm. one seed. You know, that's just, that's right. bad business. So they try to, I think they just tried to put her somewhere in the middle. I think we'll see that again at the U.S. Open. Um, but she's looking good. Venus is looking good. And all these seeds that are dropping like flies, The the road to the finals, or at least a semifinal that Serena and Venus could meet up at it, It's, it's pretty clear at this point, it looks like one of them are going to have to be the one that uh, slips up and makes a mistake. There's not, I mean, if Serena loses, nobody's going to be surprised because she doesn't have that much match play, but she's looking better. Right. um Every, every match, even with her compression stockings, she looks great.
3: <laughs>
0: Did you see <laughs> I that? Know,
4: that bodysuit of hers. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty amazing. Speaking of Serena, this one that I just I, I, this just popped in my head, literally. Um, this is the test that the whole the 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 whole confluence of her, her continuous testing for like for like for for performance enhancing drugs. Yeah, I read somewhere that she's been tested more, like 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 to the point that some of her contemporaries have only been tested either once or none at all, and so, it's obvious to me that that she's been targeted, but let me just get your thoughts on.
0: I think that you can look at that two ways. I think you can look at it as that she... Well, first, just some context. Serena Williams Mm -hmm. has been tested more than any American man or woman who is active or not active. So I find it odd that she's been tested for drugs more than Sloane Stevens, who just won a major. Um, You know, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: it's, It's just weird. However, I read the article that you're referring to and I I did feel like she's being targeted but she can't say she's being targeted because if she says she's being targeted then she's the whiny little black lady. She's the crybaby. Mm. You know, she'll be she will yeah. turn into the media will turn that into a circus and she will be the angry mm-hmm. black woman who doesn't want to follow the rules because the rules clearly state that they can test, they can test you multiple times a day if they want to. So the flip side Mm. of that is how lax the testing truly is. So instead of us saying, why is Serena being tested so much? The question really should be, why isn't everybody else being tested? Why are you not concerned that the sport is clean across the board? That's really the bigger, what wasn't said is way bigger than what was said in that article.
4: Mm. That's a good point. You make a good point because to me, I mean, you always want to be transparent, right? If you're a sporting organization, you always want to be transparent, make sure everything's, like, on the up and up, so to speak, in terms of, like, you know, quote, unquote, having clean athletes, you know, is, everything's done by hard work instead of, like, enhancers, if you will. But from what I've read and from what you just said, I mean, that's looks like that's not going to change anytime soon, obviously. So. No, of course
0: it's not. I mean, I, Roger Federer is taking the conversation a little bit different. He he has said on multiple occasions, there's a tournament in Dubai um, that he has played at for, I mean, he's been on tour for 20 years. So who knows how many times he's played there. Sure. However, he trains there in the off season. So he spends a lot of time in Dubai. Of all the years that he has spent in Dubai, and he has won that tournament, I believe, more than five times, he has been drug tested one time. Now, Several mm. years ago when Maria Sharapova had her um, her failed test, he had said at that point yep. that he had never been tested in Dubai. Never. Not one time. Mm. So, I mean, it just goes to show you that the, the doping testing in tennis is, I mean, it's next to nothing. No, they're just not doing but, it. They're just not.
4: But Serena just gets tested, like, more than Michael Jackson. Gets She's getting tested
0: notes. more. But listen, she's really not getting tested that much. If you look at how athletes yeah. get tested in other sports, she's not getting tested a lot. She's just getting tested a lot in the terms of tennis. If you look at track and field, people, they they run a match, they run a race, they're getting tested yep. as soon as they're done. You know, you're watching the World Cup right now. You've got people on the sidelines wearing vests that say doping control. <laughs> You'll never see that in tennis. Mm. Ever, ever, ever. So it, like I said, it's it's really way it it's it's about more what's not happening than what's happening. That and, and and the reason people aren't talking about it is because tennis journalism is lazy. They're just lazy. They don't mm. want to write
4: the they explain that They don't, don't want to write they,
0: the good story.
4: Why lazy. Okay. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> so basically they they don't want to they don't want to write the good story stories they don't want any any controversy they just want to keep the squeaky clean country club as, as as it could get I, I suppose
0: well they don't want it. they don't want to, they don't want to offend anybody. Tennis is too small. Tennis is too small. The same people cover the sport every single week. they don't even introduce themselves at press conferences. You know, you, you watch a basketball presser and they say, hi, I'm, I'm Janina Reed from ESPN. And then you go on with your question, right? They don't do that in tennis because right. it's so small. Everybody knows who everybody is. So anybody that makes waves, they just get pushed out. That's why they don't want to do the hard That's work and write the real story. It is.
4: That's too bad. That's, that, 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 that goes against what journalism should be all about. It should be about informing exactly. the fans, the public, and not just kissing Tennis players' asses. So (laughs) And that's how it goes It's it's, it's
0: much more Of a friendship Than it is A business relationship
4: Well let me just Say this I mean At least there's One great There's one Like bright side To this Is that at least Everybody knows That swimming is clean (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Dirty Yeah That's one bright side Of it So And she works Very very hard Obviously I mean her training Is legendary So For sure Yeah yeah, so one more thing on the women before we get to the men's side. Um, aside from the, from the Williams sisters, Simona Halep, and maybe some people like Naomi Osaka, Osaka excuse me, I'm thinking about the World Cup. <laughs> um, who should we, like who is the, I don't want to say the dark horse, but who, what, what female tennis players should we be on the lookout for or should be on the watch list, if you will? Versus. going forward
3: <laughs> these bitches are falling like
0: flies <laughs> I do not know <laughs> I do not have an answer for you <laughs> everybody's losing that is supposed to win except for right now except for like Madison Keys, the Williams sisters Osaka's still in um, Hallep, she's not gonna get far. She's not a grass court player. Is she, well, if you know, if all these people keep losing, she might find her way there, but I doubt it. Caroline Wozniacki is out. Every everybody's just out. Like, I know. I don't know who's gonna How take I the this. third
4: seat is out too. The third seat is out. I can't
3: pronounce oh, yeah, the last the third name
0: to my life, but, but Oh, but she's out, so. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you yeah, go. yeah she lost. She lost. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. Like they they're a hot mess. The women's side is wide open.
4: It's <laughs> a hot-ass mess. I know you want this. This is a hot-ass mess. Well, speaking of not hot-ass messes, let's go to the men's side right quick. Where things outside of uh, the third seed losing today, everything's still kind of like chalkish, if you will.
3: Well, no, I mean. Uh, go ahead. I
4: don't
0: know, like. Dominic team lost. He was seven. He didn't even lose. He fucking retired. Like you don't. You just don't take your ass whooping and, and just take it. Well, uh, David Goffin is out. He was the number ten seed. A lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like um, Marin Cilic lost today. He should not have lost. Right. Marin Cilic is the number three seed that you speak of. He was the one on Federer's right. side that could maybe give him some problems. Um, should they both get that far? And yeah, I don't know. The men's, the men's draw overall is pretty balanced. Um, There's not any section of it that's stacked with really, really good players. Um, We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, it really is set up right now in the way the draw looks to have another damn Federer-Nadal final. I don't, I don't know who's (laughs) going to stop them. I don't. If if one of them falls, it'll be Nadal. It probably won't be Federer. But Federer's draw just gets easier by the day, and that doesn't usually fare well for him. That usually means he'll fuck mm-hmm. up, so I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> I don't expect Novak Djokovic to do well, you know, because he's just he's still trying to find his head. Let's see. Yeah, I was gonna I, ask you
4: about him and, and, and Eisner. Like, do you give yeah, those two cats are shot. I mean, I don't no, know if that's the draw Asnar's on.
0: I don't even know if he's still in. He
4: might have lost. Actually, I, think I know he, won he was one in five sets.
0: He did. Are you sure? Yeah, he won in
4: five sets.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm, I'll I'm believe I'm you sure on that.
3: But no, he, <laughs> he won't. Won today.
0: <laughs> he he will not do well. He will not. He will not do well. He won't. Um, he. He can make it to the final and he won't win, but he'll never make it that far. He rarely makes it to the second week of a grand slam. So I, he's a serve bot. That's what he does. He tries to get it to a tiebreaker, serves some huge serves. And, and when he gets up against someone that can actually play tennis, he can't win. So he, he'll, (laughs) he'll falter.
3: (laughs) You You know why? I'm going to tell you
0: why he's going to falter because he also is a trumper and we're doing God's work.
3: <laughs> yeah,
4: you know, I was I wouldn't say anything. I like I remember when Colin Kaepernick took his stance for the first time, and I was in session on TV ever since then. I'm like, fuck that dude. I make it, I make it, yeah, I make it every every tournament. It doesn't matter if it's a major or another tournament. When I see his name, I'm like, I don't even say I hope he loses. I just say fuck that dude I just, I just, Pretty
0: I much.
3: just always say that. that You know what, that yeah, is a really good
0: that. way To view him Really good way But yeah I, I'm not I concerned mean, with him. He's I'd never like going to do anything You shouldn't Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and I won't um, So I had not heard This one name I had not heard from in a while And one of my favorite names Is saying tennis Gal Uh-oh.
3: Bonfee
4: yeah yeah. he's
3: looking good
0: um a lot of people didn't expect him to uh he they, they didn't expect him to win his round one match um against his countryman Richard Gasquet but he did and he's looking good listen Gal can he can beat anybody on this tour he is quite the underachiever and no one I promise you no one would be surprised if he lifted the trophy at the end because he has that kind of talent, but he won't. He'll fuck it up because that's what he does. He showboats too damn much, too damn much.
4: Like a discipline? But I love I suppose, him. Or I guess doesn't work hard enough, or what? Is, um, what you are you know, I, I don't
0: know. I I think that he just might be complacent. I mean, he lives a good life. He's he's steadily in the top of the tour. He makes good money. That's enough for some people.
4: Yeah. So it doesn't have that drive basically. It, 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 like every time I see dudes or or whoever like competitor with all the talent in the world and just constantly just comes up short, it's just it's always almost always pointing to just lack of discipline. You
1: know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's
4: like they don't take out of they not take their craft seriously, they don't work hard enough.
1: Do you point the
4: showboat books, But I, I just don't I can't figure that dude out. I Let's have
0: I have witnessed with my own eyes Gail Monfils drink Coke during a match. Coke, Coca-Cola. Wow.
4: Are you serious?
0: Yes. Wow. So what does that tell you?
4: Yeah, he's undisciplined. Quite stupid.
0: I (laughs) I have been to his practices. I have been to his practices and heard with my own ears his coach tell him, you know what, this isn't going well, no more wine during lunch. He's wow. drinking before he goes to play.
4: Wow! Well, that, explains so <laughs> that explains it. And this, he's it, friends he and he's fast. That. Yep, and he and he could he can and he could put on a dance show too. I think mm-hmm. a few years ago, doing like during the rain doing the rainout, he started getting in the dance off with, with his opponent, which was quite epic.
3: Um, <laughs> and
4: you could probably like find it on YouTube anywhere, but. Look at our French dudes, black French dudes. Um, how about the other dude, Tassanga? Tassanga is and has not there. Well.
0: Yeah, he's not there. Okay. He's injured. He didn't even enter. He oh. hasn't done so well. Yeah. He's been kind of MIA. He had a baby, and he just kind of faded away. He shows up every once in a while. Hmm.
4: That's another dude with a lot of talent. That. Yes. Yeah. You know, comes up for sure. Sure. Every single sure. time. So one last thing before, <clears throat> like like a like a, one like one more thing, or a couple more things. Um for one, so you said it earlier, I think you said it earlier, alluded earlier. You you think this is gonna look like Federer and Nadal all over again. I think it has that yeah. feel to it right now. Um, which is it does. I mean, look, I'm a Nadal guy, you know that. I know you're a Federal gal. So you're gonna probably tell to trash to me and make fun of me whenever Federer beats him again on grass. Um, but I think, I mean, something you said about those two OGs, if you will, like getting down possibly for the title once again. I mean, that has to make for good TV, right? I mean, that's the storyline of Does two it? OGs.
3: Does I it? Because it kind so. of, I mean,
0: it kind of feels like how people were bored with the NBA finals. Like, really, we've got Cleveland.
3: <laughs> again.
0: We've got the Warriors again because I mean, that's where this is like 2006. We're going back in time instead of moving forward. I'm fine with it because, you know, I'm a fan but at the same time, these young people got to step up. They got to step
3: up. They have to Did be you better. you
4: even see that being possible? I mean, you got people like, like to your point, Eisner. uh T- He's not
3: young, you
4: early in my yeah, yeah, he's been around. I know he's been around. Um, like Eisner, the, the, like 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 like. Well, I guess like Eisner and and company just flaming out early. I mean, Djokovic is the only dude that's only other dude that's won multiple majors. But he sees a twelve seed, and he seems like kind of like an afterthought almost. I mean, is it po- well, is it, isn't it possible that he could get his shit together and make a sure, run? Sure,
0: absolutely, and that's the thing, yeah, so
3: to
4: speak.
0: For sure, absolutely, absolutely, he can. He has the talent. He just has to get used to uh, playing again. I mean, he's been away for a long time. He's been, he's been injured. Love. He had a surgery. Um, so he's just working his way back in. No one would be surprised if Novak won this tournament because it's Novak Djokovic, you know. But at the same time, if he wins, it's no different because for the last, what, almost 10 years, we've seen nobody win except for Federer, Nadal, Novak, Murray, Stan Wawrinka. That's it. That's it. Stan's already gone. He lost. He's coming back off of a surgery. Murray lost his uh, – No, he didn't even play. Murray is still um, recovering from a surgery. He had hip surgery last year. So he hasn't played consistently in 11 months.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he played Wimbledon last year. He left court hardly being able to walk, and he had a major surgery. He played a couple warm-up tournaments, and he lost. Um, in round one each time and, and he didn't play Wimbledon. So there I mean there's nobody left. So even if it's not Federer or Nadal and it's Novak or right. even Delpo, Delpo's the only other man who has snuck out a major in all of this when he beat Federer at the US Open. Which seems like a lifetime ago. So mm. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know who or Chilich but he's gone. Chilich has won a couple um won a major but he, he's gone too so
3: right.
0: who who's it gonna be? Right. It's you know, it it should be we should be looking at Alexander Vera of the young German or uh um crazy Nick that you know they hate because he's a brown boy. But
4: What's they the name? won't Nick what
0: Curios, Nick Curios from Australia. Okay. Oh, okay. But, you know, they – I don't know. We'll see. We'll see.
4: Well, I'm going to get you out of here on this, sis. And once again, this is uh, Janina Reed. Oh, wait, wait, wait. uh, Wait a minute.
0: You don't get to have the girl from uh, Cleveland on and not ask me about LeBron.
4: Oh, I will. I will. (laughs) But first – I will. I promise you, I will. But first, I will say this. I'll drop this nigga on you. On this date in 1975, 43 years ago, um, Arthur Ashe became the first brother to win Wilburton. He beat Jimmy Connors. And that was actually an upset. Um, yeah. But, yeah, July, so 43 years ago to this day, Arthur Ashe, or late Arthur Ashe, the late great Arthur Ashe, became the first brother to win Wilburton. Okay, so I'll get you out here on Cleveland, on, on what you think of, Miss Cleveland girl, <laughs> on oh, LeBron James, as Stephen A. Smith was saying, LeBron James leaving Cleveland, your beloved Cavs, for L.A. So, what are your
3: thoughts? My. I think kind of saw a coming, to be honest with you, brother. <laughs> Fuck LeBron. <laughs> Listen. You want to get that in there, didn't you? You want to get that LeBron in there. You
4: sneaky you sneaky sister. I'll tell you I'll
0: tell you two things. I'll tell you two things. Okay. First thing is I'm happy that he did not make a fucking spectacle of himself like he did when he left the first time. At least he did it right this time. Go quietly, not on T V looking like a dumbass. Second, when he came back And he wrote this open love letter to Cleveland about how I'm coming home and I always knew I was going to end my career in Cleveland and blah, blah, blah. I remember going, "Mm mm-hmm, we'll see. And here we are. Mm Mm-hmm, we'll (laughs) see. He's leaving. Bye, Blue.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And if L.A.
0: really thinks I'm – by, yes, absolutely. And if anybody in L.A. <laughs> thinks that there's not some loophole in that contract for him to get out of there when they don't win, you're kidding yourself. He'll leave.
3: <laughs> That's what he does. He's going to leave
4: y'all, too, boo. Um, yep. <laughs> so, I'll say this, man. I mean, so, see, he 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 has, I know his wife, they own two homes out there. His mm-hmm. wife allegedly wants to go out there. He's going to put his son in a big-time high school out there where Kenny and Martin's the son's going to be mm-hmm. at as well as Scottie Pippen's son, both highly touted uh, eighth and ninth graders. And Bronnie, his son, his oldest son, is highly touted as a 13 year old kid. Mm-hmm. I just I, look, it's all about Brandon. I, 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 I wrote on my blog if, if he goes to LA, it's not about winners, it's about Brandon. He wants to probably be larger in life. And you know, he's already been to that. Hollywood, already been in train wreck. So.
3: Yeah, um, it is what it
4: is. He's it good. was a train wreck. He's got his three rings. <laughs> yep, it was. <laughs> but um, I mean, he's got his three rings. He's good. He's he's good. I mean, he's five he probably years
3: He's set for, life. Oh, do you.
4: for all that pantheon yes. of great Lakers, liquor greats, and he probably would never win a title out there again. But he's good. He, he is. is good. He's
0: fine. He'll be he'll be fine. Cleveland will be fine. <laughs>
3: Eventually. You sure about that? Listen, we know
0: how to lose, how to lose better than anybody. We have the brownies There
3: you go.
4: There you go, the Brownies. Even though I'll say this. I'll say this one more thing, about and I can't be I'm saying this in Steelers fan. I think your Brownies are going to surprise some cats this year. They're um,
3: okay. Top, they're more
4: talented <laughs> than they
0: Listen, we will talk. <laughs> okay. Something... You go to the Browns, you get hurt, you get caught up in drugs. I mean, it's just like what happens. It's bad karma. So we'll we'll talk in six months. I don't know. We we've been here before where it looked like there was some talent coming in, and something bad just always happens.
4: <laughs> all right, sis. I, I, I won't wait too long. Hopefully, to talk to you about this next time. So all right. Appreciate, appreciate you as always.
0: Thanks for having me. Good night.
4: Good night. That's my that's one of my good friends, Janina Reed. Please check out YouTube podcast once a week called Real Tennis Fans. They're freaking hilarious. I mean, makes me laugh a lot every time I listen to them. So it's good stuff. Now, before we get to the NBA with my man Kevin Clunes from uh, Clooney, I guess from um, the uh, the Weekend Adjustment Show that I like, sometimes co-host once a month here
1: in Hamilton, Ohio.
4: I'm gonna touch on the World Cup right quick. Um, well. We're in the quarterfinal rounds, and round, and uh, you know the usual suspects are there: England, Sweden, France, Uruguay, Brazil, Belgium. Then you have Russia and Croatia. I mean, it's it's interesting to me, and it's downright exciting because as I, I well, Croatia is very good, but outside of Russia being the home, be like being the host squad, you got like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Damn good teams out left. I mean, they're like top twenty, or at least probably top fifteen. So I saw again outside of Russia. So it's going to be exciting as hell. I mean, you know, you Uruguay playing France at, like tomorrow morning, followed by Brazil and Belgium. That should be fun as hell. I mean, that's going to be high. I, like I think Uruguay is going to try to slow things down against France. Uh, and, and Brazil and Belgium, they both put up some goals. I mean, Belgium scored three goals. Again, they were down 2 nothing to Japan in the in, in Round 16 and scored, like, with 30 minutes left to go in the match. And they ripped off three goals in 30 minutes. Belgium is that squad, y'all. Belgium is that damn squad. I like Sweden, and, and you know, I really like England's story. Um they're kind of like under the, uh, under the radar, if you, if you can believe that, about that, that, that the English uh, uh, men's soccer squad. But I'm going to keep my eyes on both games tomorrow, the Uruguay and France matchup, as well as Brazil and Belgium. I still, still think France is going to hold. is going to be the one that the country is going to be hoisting the Gold Cup when it's all said and done. But my, I I'm keeping my eyes out on Brazil and Belgium. That's going to be a hell of a match. That's going to be one hell of a semifinals. Uh, the winner of Uruguay and France gets the winner of uh, Brazil and Belgium. It looks like the other side of the bracket with Russia, Croatia, Sweden, and England is going to be a sacrificial lamb to whoever comes out the Brazil, Belgium, France, and Uruguay bracket side. But I don't like Uruguay because I don't like Luis Suarez. He has big buck teeth. He likes to bite people for some reason. And I just hope that France beats the hell out of him. The problem is France hasn't been playing around too much. They don't put teams away like they should. They played around with Argentina too long. They were find themselves down two one in the round of sixteen. Then all of a sudden that Mbappe cat, that 20 year old kid, ripped off a hat trick and before you know it, it was four two and he was he was doing the damn thing. So that's why I still got friends hosting the hosting the Gold Cup it was all be done. But I wouldn't be shocked if Brazil or Belgium ruins the party. So again, those are too much to watch for tomorrow. And those matches should be a whole lot of fun. Now on to the last, but not least, my pride and joy, at NBA, okay. and particularly free agency. And to help me cover that is um, is one of my guys who uh, I actually do a, again do a do a show with once a month as a Phil in Talk Show host, the Celtics teacher, the glorified Celtics teacher, if you will. Uh, and I hope I don't butcher his last name, but his name is Kevin Clooney from uh, probably or Kevin Cloone from uh the weekend adjustments every Saturday morning on W M O H uh, t- on fourteen fifty the ticket. Kevin, what's happening, bro?
2: Hey Scott, how are you? Good. Can did you I hear put you your last name? I'm pretty sure I did. It's no, I'm sorry, it's McCune. Got that uh the Irish surname the MCC. Oh McCune. Oh, why did why I say Clooney? I'm thinking about I don't know in my channel channel yeah, George Clooney. I, I I don't know why. You know the Clooney's are from Cincinnati. I wish I was related to them. Uh, I'd have a lot more money. <laughs> there
3: you go.
4: But I have a fat crib somewhere. And just, and just be hot enough. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Yo, my know, like, cool man. Well, um, well, first of all, thank you for joining me. And also, I know you and I and your, your, your co-host Jared, loves uh-huh. loves ourselves the NBA. So let's go right yes, to it, bro. Yes, um,
2: sir. First Wayne all, Ellington let's, talk, let's right? Ass, I'm sorry? I just said yeah, Wayne Ellington it. talk, right? No, well,
4: uh, well, that is Brendan <laughs> Haywood,
2: if you if you, if you want. Uh,
4: <laughs> but Let's get the fat-ass elephant out of the room, by the way. Yeah, for sure. LeBron to L.A. I mean, I saw it coming. I saw this. I've seen this mm-hmm. come. I didn't want to believe it, but I saw it. I've saw. i been seeing it coming for the past couple of seasons. Um, I always was thinking that – you know, the, like like wherever LeBron went, it was either going to be about winning or his brand, and mm-hmm. being him going to LA. And my in my opinion, it was all about branding with him. I mean, hey, it's nothing wrong if he wants to settle versus laws on three rings, and being going three and six in the finals. But, but I mean, so who am I to judge? But I just think that if he, I mean, I was on the subject, that he was chasing that Michael Jordan ghost. And want to rack up more titles. I just don't see it happening in L.A. anytime soon. Not go Golden State Warriors, or even the Houston Rockets in the West. But 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 uh, but uh, let me get your thoughts, Kevin, on
2: this. Did you like the move to L.A. or did you hate the move,
4: or are you pretty much indifferent?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. No, um, Scott, I'm a big Cavs fan. We've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, so it was heartbreaking yeah. just from <clears throat> from a heart standpoint uh, to see him leave Cleveland, yeah. to see him leave Ohio. Uh, but in all honesty, I'm right there with you. I think this is, if you've read the tea leaves, it's been in the works for a while. Uh, I remember last mm-hmm. summer, you know, when the whole Paul George trade didn't happen and then and, and come to find out that's because LeBron wasn't committing to the team long-term. So they didn't want to put in unprotected right. draft picks to make that happen. Um, right. So yeah, I think its it's been in the process for a while. Uh, as far as just a, a basketball head move, I, I understand it. Uh, there is part of me as a Cavs fan, that's like, man, he left our trash lineup to go to that trash lineup in L.A. Uh, and then you look at what they've done free <laughs> right. free agency. They've added a couple quizzical names to this point. But I think, ultimately, I think I disagree with you a little bit in that I think that if LeBron wants another championship, I think he's positioned in L.A. better than he would have been in Cleveland, uh, even if he would somehow able to, drag this team to another finals next year which would have been impossible if boston stayed healthy and philadelphia stayed healthy he was going to lose and his record in the finals was going to go to three and seven and that was going to hurt his legacy even further now this lakers team this year is no closer to a championship in my opinion than what the Cavs are but when you look at their long-term flexibility here in the next few years they're they are a lot better positioned than cleveland You figure next year they're going to have another max salary spot available. Maybe they add Kawhi. And then it'll be interesting to see what they do in the meantime uh, with the rest of this summer and season via trade, if they're able to add anybody else. But I don't think that the Lakers roster as it's currently constructed is going to be how it's constructed two years from now, three years from now. And I think LeBron's ultimately probably chasing maybe one or two more championships tops by the time that this Lakers team is going to be ready to compete. But I also agree with you. This. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's a better it's a better lifestyle move too, because he's got his production right. company. He's I got mean. Blaze Pizza. Yeah, right. they've got the they got the house there. You were talking about the uh, the school that Bronny's going to uh, there in your last segment, and, and he's going to have better AAU opportunities in LA than he would have had in Cleveland. So <clears throat> I think ultimately it was uh LA was a perfect wedding together for LeBron in terms of a lifestyle choice as well as a potential basketball choice in the future. I do hate it though,
4: right? <laughs> well, I, I know, I, I feel you on that. I totally feel, especially your family of of, of, of balanced basketball. Um, man, I said this. I mean, I mean, you know, it's so weird. You know, with LeBron going west. Well, first of all, I'm impressed that he would go west because mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, people will argue, i.e., Skip Bayless, <clears throat> that he would want to take the the easy way out, so to speak, in the east right. to get his ass back mm-hmm. to the finals. But So mm-hmm. he has to be going through meat grinders every other night in the West. I would will, I will give him his props for that. But speaking of the city going out West, outside of maybe two teams in the Eastern Conference, why the hell would anyone care about the
2: East? Yeah, <laughs> and and why, I why think not care about the East at this point? I'm probably in total opposition to most basketball fans and most basketball people when it comes to this. But I think when you look at the Western Conference – Right now, it's definitely top-heavy, and it's going to be a grind. He's not right. getting to the finals this year. He's not getting to the Western Conference finals this year in all likelihood. But when you look at, I think, long-term, down the road, the next <clears throat> two, three years for each conference, I think the Celtics, with what they've built, and Philadelphia with what they've built, they've got long-term stability right. with those two teams. Yes, um, they're going to be dominating right. the Eastern Conference for a long time, whereas in the West, I mean, I mean Chris Paul's already long in the toot. You know, he's due to get injured almost every postseason it seems and when you look at that right. conference I feel like it's really it's really top heavy between Houston and Golden State and Golden State's going to be there for sure you now you got free agency next year <clears throat> when Clay Thompson's due to get paid and maybe he'll move or something DeMarcus Cousins probably definitely going to move I'm sure we'll touch on that but um,
4: yeah. I mean, we will. <laughs>
2: ultimately though when when you look at the Western Conference as a whole and this is something I've talked about on weekend adjustments, if you look at just those, you know, once you get to that third team, that third through eighteen, there's really a lot of parity. And so I think there might be more opportunity here in the next few years to really gain a foothold on the Western Conference than the Eastern Conference just when you look at um, the ages of the rosters that are are competing at the top. And that's just my personal opinion.
4: Sure. And, 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 you know, I feel that. What what Boston and now Philly has built, thanks to process in Philly, I mean, mm-hmm. it's good to see that rivalry again. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, 40, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to be 45 years old in, uh, in September, and I remember those Philadelphia-Boston grudge matches in the '80s. You know, with Dr. Yeah. J, Larry Bird, when uh, and he's most of the I just remember uh,
2: now. I wasn't alive then, but uh, Celtics fans chanting uh, "B.L.A." when the Sixers had. Uh, yeah. Had, had pretty much taken control, and I think it was like a game seven or something where were, the Sixers were going to go on to play the Lakers in the finals, and Boston fans were chanting, Beat LA. So, yeah, you're right. They're yeah. some pretty, pretty epic classic. rivalries there.
4: Yeah, I mean, and well, to see them duke it out in this past year's playoffs, it was good to see that, again, that that intensity was there. And you could tell they, those two teams, barring catastrophic injuries or media falling on the franchises, they're going to be competing for the East for the years to come. And, you I don't count Toronto. I I don't (laughs) don't count those guys at (laughs) all. It's going to be Boston, Philly, maybe Indiana, and a bunch of other teams. So um, Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting. But I'm going to shift gears right back to uh, LeBron's new L.A. team. Um, We talked about, you know, you you touched on the personnel moves. Lance Stevenson? Really? (laughs) I mean, is this like another – is this like another Kobe and uh, Matt Barnes pairing? You know, remember those two had had, had uh, quite the history before they teamed up with each other and won a title together, and uh, and and maybe other odd pairs like Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, you know, Scottie Pippen as well. I mean, that was an odd match, but they won three titles <laughs> with uh, you know, you know, after after they signed uh, Dennis Rodman back in the day. Do you see this? I mean, this is going to be an interesting chemistry experiment between he, Lance, and Rajon Rondo. Which I understand why they got Rondo to challenge uh, Lonzo Ball to being the point guard that he's supposed to be because because Rajon, even though he can't shoot with a damn, he's a damn mm-hmm. point guard and he batches his play up in the postseason. That's proof. That's why I call him Playoff Rondo. So, right. Give me your thoughts on the the chemistry experiment that's going to be the Los Angeles. The, the 2018 and 2019 Los Angeles, they starting start with Lance Stevenson or, you know,
2: wherever you want to go with the after Lance Stevenson. That's one I want to get you. No, for sure, for sure, for um, sure. I'll give you my initial thoughts, and then I'll, you know, kind of add in what the I think LeBron and Magic and the Lakers would have, all of us believe. I'm not sure that I necessarily do. Um, but I think my initial <laughs> thoughts, when uh, when they first brought in Lance Stevenson and, and then <laughs> proceeded to bring in JaVel McGee and John Rondo, uh, initially, yeah, I just so thought that way, yeah. right, right. Initially, I just thought, okay. Well, I remember when the Cavs brought on J.R. Smith, and I wasn't as upset as some Cavs fans were to add him to the roster because, you know, every every dynasty has kind of had that bad boy, that guy that will nonchalantly backhand another player in the face and act like he didn't do right. it. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, so I thought when when they added Lance Stevenson, I'm like, okay, they're adding you know, they're adding a dog that's going to bark at Draymond Green. And then they add McGee and they add Rondo. And now I'm like, all right, now they're just adding, you know, henchmen when Draymond wants to bark at LeBron. He's got three guys coming back at him. Um, so yeah. th- that, was, that was my initial thought, you know, they're just adding to the toughness of the team as as well as veteran leadership. Um, but what Magic and LeBron, if you read reports today, would, would have us believe it's that the Lakers – are trying to construct a roster that is very, very different from what LeBron had in Cleveland. And they're doing a great job of that. I'll give them that. Um, yeah. so if you remember LeBron in Cleveland, he, you know, he was a, a driving kick off offense. He was surrounded by three-point shooters like Channing Frye. They brought right. in Richard Jefferson, Kyle Korver, all those guys. And now you look at the right. Lakers and you look up and down this roster and it's like, uh, you know, maybe Brandon Ingram's the best three-point shooter on this team. And I think he shot like somewhere in the mid-30s last year from from three-point land. Um, So there's not a lot Mm -hmm. of shooters, but what LeBron, what's coming out today, what LeBron's thinking is that he's getting older and he doesn't necessarily want to be the guy that's going to have to create for himself all the time and just be dishing to, you know, a stationary Kyle Korver in the corner. He wants guys that can play on the ball and be playmakers themselves, create their own shot, create havoc, and then he wants to kind of post up a little bit more, kind of like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant did in the latter years of their careers where they became more post-up players um, as, as opposed to just physically driving to the basket so much. So um, that is, I think, what the Lakers want us to believe is their thinking is that Rondo, Stephen, and Stevenson, these are guys that, Um, are going to be able to create their own shot, guys that are going to be able to to dish it to LeBron in transition, guys that aren't just going to stand around and wait for plays to come to them. They are going to initiate plays. So I think that's the thinking. I don't know. I think it's probably somewhere a blend of the two between what I think they were going for and what the Lakers say they're going for.
4: You mentioned It's going to be quite
2: the – I mean, JaVale McGee. I
4: mean, he and Lance Davis (laughs) on the same team. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's laugh Jack out, in the laugh pool
2: with, uh, <laughs> with a center in the
4: in yes.
1: Lakers
2: uniform. I think that
1: would be hilarious. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And speaking of the Lakers sort of, how about Paul George? Spurning the Lakers, yeah. his hometown Lakers to resign with OKC. What was that all about?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie, Scott. I thought that – I I knew LeBron was going to uh, L.A. I think most people kind of knew he was going to L.A. It was one of the worst-kept yeah. secrets, I think, in, you know – for basketball fans, uh, if you just followed all the rumors, but I think I was one of the people that fell for the trap that Paul George, LeBron and Kawhi had been working this out for some time amongst three of them. Yeah. Me um, too. because yeah. that was, that became, that, that became, uh, definitely not the case, uh, just like minutes into free agent, like at 1201 AM last Thursday when, when free agency opened, um, but I'll, I'll say this: um, if you if you looked at you know anything online, uh, Paul George some, has had some comments since where he said, "If we put a dent in Golden State while I'm at OKC with with me and Russ, I'm going to get credit for that. If I were to go to the Lakers and we were to put a dent into uh, I think I said OKC, into Golden State, sorry, if we were going to put a dent into Golden State, into the Warriors, then LeBron's going to get all the credit for that. Now." I can I can appreciate that to a point, and I can believe that to a point, but I also think you had forty some odd million reasons to also stay in OKC.
3: Mm.
2: Mm. You know what though, OKC. I mean,
4: they have an off. What's different with the last season, this season, is that they actually have a full offseason mm-hmm. to work to work out their kinks, right? Because they went through a whole season. I mean, they were on, literally doing, doing it on the fly last season. Paul, you know, okay, this is Russia's show. Paul George, you get yours here and there. Camille, you just collect your money and play scenery. So this season right. coming up, I mean, you know, they actually know each other's games now.
1: Yeah. So now yeah,
4: I, you have like a very motivated, uberly motivated Westbrook and a similarly motivated oh, yeah. Paul George. You know, that, I mean, on paper, OKC is scary. They are scary. They still have uh, uh, Stephen. Uh, Adams uh, in the middle, and you know if, if Robertson comes back, I know he's an offensive liability, but he's one of the best defenders mm-hmm. in the league. So if he comes back, he dunking, really is. I mean, he this this team is loaded, man. I mean, it's really low key loaded. I mean, they could they they could really challenge the top teams in the. League. I mean, because I remember Jared and I, um, like uh, before the playoffs this past season. We had Golden, we had OKC and Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. We thought they were better; the OKC was better than Houston on paper, but of course they didn't get the chance because they lost to a team whose best player was a rookie in Utah. So, yes. that's why I was shocked and I, that Paul George went back to OKC.
2: I think what OKC needs to capture in order to be successful this year is kind of that spirit that we saw from the Jazz in the playoffs. The the Jazz just right. had something about him. It was there's very much a team mentality, and I think that that starts with that party that Russell Westbrook threw, um, that Paul George came to, and I think I think that there's just going to be a bond this year between those two that we necessarily didn't see last year because I don't think Paul George mm-hmm. knew at that time where he was headed um but i think now that he's committed and committed to an odd contract mind you the 4 years everyone thought he'd sign for 2 and get that you know supermax for for 10 years in the league 10 service 10 year service in the league but commits right. to OKC for 4 kind of does, does the thunder a favor i think we're going to see their chemistry increase and i think mean, how much does it say that carmel anthony was not at that russell westbrook party that guy's getting bought out i think pretty soon i don't think they're going to be able to find a trade uh, partner, but I, I do ultimately think Anthony gets bought out. I don't think he plays for OKC next year. Um, and I think, I think the chemistry between Paul George and Russ is something that the team can build off of, especially when you get rid of, not to be hard on the guy, but, you know, essentially a cancer at this point in his career in Carmelo Anthony. You know what?
4: Um, it's just to be said about talking about Paul George and Westbrook. They were, there was reports that people were saying that they were tight off the court as well as on the court. And mm-hmm. they really tried to, 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 to make things work between the two of them as far as success, on-court success, with a tie off the court. And then, and, you, and you saw it at that party that us through because for him to throw that party, you know, he obviously knew ahead of time that Paul George would be residing with and becoming his like his, his, his backcourt mate, if you will. So um, Right. Yeah, so I, th- I, think I think OKC is going to be a team to watch. And speaking of Anthony Carmelo, when he get away from when he gets bought out, you see him joining
2: yeah. Le, uh, LeBron L. A. He has a house out there.
4: You know, boys.
2: I'm pretty sure that the Lakers still have you now when they dropped when they dropped Julius Randle and they signed Rondo. They only signed Rondo to one year, nine million. So I think they still have some small amount of of cap space uh, to work with to bring in right. another veteran. Um, I could definitely see see Carmelo going to L.A. just to buddy up with LeBron for a year. I think it would only be on a one-year deal, um, and then they'd have yeah, to we'll wait till next year. And you know, with all the super free agents coming out next year, see see what would happen. But I could definitely see a, a one-year kind of almost at a veteran minimum, especially after a buyout from OKC. Uh, Anthony joining up with with LeBron. I just uh, I don't think a lot of other places make sense for him. Uh, the Lakers need shooters, whether or not they're whether or not they say they do, they still need to add a shooter. And, and if Carmelo Anthony can do anything at this point in his career, he can still shoot. Yep,
4: that's true. He still has. A, he still has. A, he still. He still can get buckets. He still can. Still has an outside. They outside shot. But uh, Carmelo Anthony, what a. That's. It's interesting how quickly things could could turn, in terms of fortunes. I mean, he was one of the mm-hmm. deadliest scorers in the league a few years ago. And it just went downhill, man. <laughs> so, oh, it did.
2: Um, it's, it's, it's he needs to wear the hoodie a little bit more. What so what
4: I'm sorry.
2: Oh, I just said he needs to wear the hoodie a little bit more. Get back out training. Yeah, hoodie mellow. Hoodie Mello, there you go. We're,
4: we're on the court. I'm sure he'll work out something, he'll work out something with uh, Adam Silver. Um,
2: but,
4: <laughs> well, we mentioned him earlier, but Boogie Cousins mm-hmm. are going to the state. There were reports that he had – well, he said that he had not other offers at the table that's come out recently that New Orleans offered him two years for 20 mil, uh, 10 mil per. And I guess like, uh, he, like he did a cousins thought that he was worth more than that, which is okay. But he wasn't right. getting any more offers to the point where he – he, as, soon as, as soon as free agency started, he called Golden State early in the morning. Uh, the first day, one of free agency to sign a mid-level exception. So, first of all, I mean, I think it's odd that a dude who averages twenty-five over ten and maybe five only signs for the mid mid-level exception for one year. I know he's coming off of injury, one of the worst injuries mm-hmm. in basketball let alone. To especially those due to, to, to those who, who are big men, because it takes right. away their lift, right? <clears throat> but he right. has so many. He has really so many skills. He doesn't have to play above the rim. He, he's, he can take you out on the perimeter when he's, like, mm-hmm. when he's healthy. He'll still get you buckets. He can shoot for three. He can take you down low. So t- uberly talented. And he's going from a potential Supermax player in Sacramento to a dude playing for the mid-level exception. He's, he's, he's not even 30 years old. So, I mean, first of all, like, is this, I mean, I guess, is, is this Boogie Cousins? Like, realizing that he's this close to pissing away a promising career and a big-time a big contract because of his attitude. I mean, I don't know. But to see him just jump ship go to the State so quickly, I, makes me think he was scared he wasn't going to get a deal at all or just desperate.
2: Yeah, it really was interesting. Um, I mean, this is a guy, he just it doesn't take a, a long YouTube search to see all the times that he's cussed out the Warriors and cussed out players on the Warriors. Um right so to see him go there like you said it was it was definitely a shock. Um I was shocked I thought the Lakers were targeting him when they renounced Julius Randle so. and the so. and the Pelicans picked up Randle it just it looked like it made sense on either a 1 year 17 million dollar deal which is what they had or if they were able to stretch well, Dang, then they could have given Cousins 1 year 22 million but I guess if we are to believe the reports that have come out the Lakers got scared of the injury and didn't even make an offer And if that is true, I think you have to give credit where it's due that the Warriors were willing to come out and convince him to sign for the mid-level exception. But I think, you know, everything that I believe as far as this situation goes is, I think, Scott, you said a lot of it. And that's a boogie wherever he's been. And not to, maybe not to, I think being a little too drastic, because I feel like in New Orleans, he was pretty much a model citizen and him and AD got along really well but before his time in New Orleans this was a guy that was thought of as a locker room cancer et cetera. Et cetera. and right. I think with him coming off that torn ACL being 6 foot 11 being you know nearly 300 pounds like you said being a bigger guy I think teams were just scared uh, because I think so many teams that could have signed him they would have been wrapping up money in months like you know January when he's <laughs> supposed to come back but maybe he doesn't make it back by then so then February March and then but I feel like with the Warriors, they don't necessarily have to worry about that. They know they're getting to the playoffs. They know they're either going to be the one seed or the two seed in the West. Yeah. So as long as Demarcus Cousins has is at like seventy five percent, you know, by the time May rolls around, um, that's a that's a really good signing for them uh, because seventy five percent Demarcus Cousins is head and shoulders above anything they had starting for them at center last year. And I think right. from Cousins' perspective, going to a team like Golden State that has a culture like winning, uh, a, a winning culture, excuse me, yes. like they have, um, it's a place for him to rehab his image. And if he's rehabbing the image from the Very bench for eight months, in you know throughout the season, so be it. Uh, he still can be a locker room piece, and then when he's able to. Come and contribute. Come playoff time, then he can prove to people that he's got his legs under him, and he can still play basketball at a at a rate that's deserving of a max contract. And then, you know, he'll he'll get paid and and move on in 2019. Unless they want to move on from Klay Thompson and, and keep Boogie, we'll see. <laughs> Who knows? You know, that's the thing. That's a, I'm glad
4: you said it because this could potentially parlay into a long term gig with Golden State. How how wide that would be? Because to your point. Outside Draymond Green, who he's real close with, he was cut, mm-hmm. he would cuss out the other Warriors at at will. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, with if Clay, if Clay doesn't come back next year, I mean, granted, he's he's worth more than he's he's, he's worth a lot of money. Um, oh yeah, and maybe Draymond after that. I mean, Rookie could factor in long term if he plays his cards right
2: with Golden State. Yeah, he. So it depends he really on, could. I mean, falls out. As, as great as that Warriors team is, with Thompson coming up, I think, at next year and then I think Draymond in 2020, the year after that, um, I think yeah. the really only two guys that are necessarily untouchable in the Warriors lineup are Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. I think that they're going to have their cap when it comes to retaining Klay Thompson and Draymond Green because as good as those guys are, uh, they're just more replaceable than Curry and Durant. And so you're right. If those guys get bigger paydays that the Warriors don't want to match, you know, maybe – Boogie picks up some of that money that would have been devoted to them. Yep,
4: yep, exactly. So it's I mean, out of the way Boogie needs to be I mean, he, he needs I mean he really needs to take some serious not saying he won't, but again, he's, he's sitting down the opportunity to play a long term of a squad and win to potentially win times of a squad who he's taking time to trash <laughs> the previous years. so it's gonna be as hell to see it. One more thing, brother, I'll get you out on this. Um, okay. And I got to bring this up. Kawhi Leonard. The ever, ever so long saga of Kawhi Leonard with his twists and turns, mm-hmm. his uncle, who was his business manager, saying some things about the organization, so San Antonio Spurs organization, all that stuff where he would be trading, would he the Lakers, mm-hmm. where he play with LeBron, I mean, would he go to Boston or Philly? Point blank. If, if someone put your head and feet to the fire, where mm-hmm. do you think Kawhi Leonard
2: ends up and why? I think he ultimately ends up with the Lakers. Uh, and here's why. I think that the oh, Spurs, okay. as, as as long as this thing drags out, I think that the Spurs are losing leverage. Uh, yes. If you look at Danny Ainge and the totally situation do. in Boston, um, the Celtics are kind of, at this point, just blatantly refusing to add Tatum or Jalen Brown to any deal for Kawhi Leonard. And I don't and think that, that the Spurs are interested – I don't think the Spurs are interested in taking on Kyrie Irving for a year and then having him go to the Knicks. And, you know, essentially you're in the same situation you were with Kawhi. And then when you look at the Philadelphia Sixers, one thing that I think's kind of been funny in this situation is it just, again, reported today that they're really dragging their feet at throwing Markel Fultz into the deal. I mean, I think Ben Simmons has is, is proven he's a point guard for that offense. I'd go ahead and do it if, if it meant landing Kawhi Leonard. Wait a minute. They want to hang on right. to Markel Fultz? Yes, really? Yeah. Uh, there's Yeah, there's to a ton on? of rumors out. Yep, a ton of rumors out today if you get online and, and look like hoopshype.com and some various websites yeah. uh the Sixers at this point are continuing to refuse to put Markel Fultz into the deal. I don't understand oh, it. Oh, that's so stupid. that's because and I don't know if that's I don't know if that's necessarily the clincher as far as being able to obtain Kawhi, but to this point they're they're still refusing to put him in the deal. And then I think they've been somewhat reluctant on Dario Saric. I think they're a little bit more willing on him than Fultz, which again makes no sense to me because I think Saric is the perfect power forward to p- play next to Embiid. Um, but right. I think the Sixers are they're in the same spot as Boston. They don't want to give up a young asset and then Kawhi leave them for the bright lights of L.A. and you know the partnership with LeBron next year, which you know it, it, it's a gamble until you get a verbal commitment from Kawhi. And apparently Kawhi's not talking to anybody. His uncle's doing all the talking. Right. But, um, So at this point, even though we constantly hear in the media that, oh, if I was the Spurs, I'd hold on to them. The Spurs hold all the cards. I think as this thing drags further and further on, they don't. I feel like they lose leverage with each passing day. And I think if you're the Lakers, heck, you might as well be inclined at this point to hang on to Brandon Ingram and Kuzma and Hart and and Ball and, you know, see who, who works with LeBron this year. Maybe you lose in the first round of the playoffs or whatever, but at least you can see who fits in and then, Next year, when you meet, need to move guys around, if, I mean, they'll already have one lot available to add Kawhi, but if they want to move more money around, they'll know who fits in with LeBron after a year. So right now, the Spurs are essentially telling the Lakers, go ahead and take a year with all your young guys, evaluate who looks good next to LeBron, and then you get Kawhi next year, and you don't have to give us anything. So again, like I said, I think the Spurs are losing leverage with each passing day, and I think before the season starts, we'll ultimately see why end up in a Lakers uniform? Because I just don't understand how the Spurs can can be satisfied with what might be nothing in return for one of the best players in in the world. You know what?
4: I send to share a brain with you. I, I to me, San Antonio lost their leverage the day LeBron James signed with the Lakers. That's when they lost I, a lot I, of their
2: leverage. Be- I think you're exactly you know, right. Because sure.
4: I mean, I mean, because before, we remember before then. People were before saying that LA was desperate to land a star with all mm-hmm. this free cap space and free agency, blah, blah, blah. Sending to mm-hmm. like, okay, you want our guy, you got disaster squad and all your great young assets. But then LeBron James signed down the line with Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of people tend to want to play with LeBron. And, you know, LeBron being in LA automatically assures him of being a playoff contender if not, you know, work their way up maybe to a third, fifth or fourth seed and they'll start to batter again. They they the Lakers start to batter again. Mm-hmm. That just takes away that took that, that 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 really chopped off the Spurs at their knees. Because at that oh, point yeah. it's like the Lakers got what they wanted and LeBron, it is a matter of time of okay, we know players gonna want to come play with, with them. It's not a matter of if or of when. So mm-hmm. of course Magic is doing the, like the smart thing and Rob Polenko doing a smart thing and sitting back and saying,
3: okay, okay San Antonio mm-hmm. still wanna
4: play hard ball with us? We got LeBron. And don't don't you think that Kawhi really wants to play with another superstar and win mm-hmm. titles to his hometown team? We mm-hmm. already got our guy. So if you want to hang on to your guy and lose the next year for nothing, be my freaking guest. And right. that's the smart play. That's a smart play. Magic Johnson didn't get rich and become a great businessman by being stupid.
2: I mean, mm-hmm. he, he
4: knows what time it is. So
2: no, you're exactly my right. thing
4: is, I think that Philly, if those reports are true, that they don't want to include Markel Foster and admit that they made the wrong pick at number one. That's just stupid. I mean, to me, yeah. Kawhi yep. would be a great fit alongside yep. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Really? That would be Mm -hmm. crazy stupid as far as great, great stupid. (laughs) Because two two degrees are stupid. The vast stupid is what the Sixers are for one to hold on to Markel Foles if those reports are true. But the other side of stupid, the the great stupid is the talent level. Once um, uh, uh, Kawhi, if if they were to obtain him, plus the head coach, remember, Brett Brown Mm -hmm. being San Antonio assistant. So he Mm -hmm. knows Kawhi very well. So, it, to me, yeah, and it comes down to either L.A. or Philly. I don't think Boston's going to give up in any of their assets because they know that – they has to know that Kawhi really doesn't want to be in Boston.
2: And right. and that's
4: a smart play. So, I think if Philly – Philly, 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 if those important students need to get their, their crap together, send well, Raquel Force pack and just admit that they made a mistake at number one and just bring quiet, <laughs> even if it's for you, because they don't have to give up so much in that scenario.
2: Right, and if, if Philly, I mean, if they end up being willing to part well, part with Fulton, <clears> if, <throat> if that ends up being the kicker that lands them Leonard, I mean, you always have that Paul George factor. With, if he gets to Philadelphia and likes playing with That's Embiid right. and Simmons for a year, if they That's get right. to the finals, you know, if they're able to make some noise against Golden State or whoever they would face in the finals, maybe you convince them to stay long-term. And at the most, you're losing Markel Fultz, who looks like a potential bust at this point anyway. So I I, I agree. Right. I don't understand they're, they're dragging their feet, unless they just know, unless they – I will say this. I think that um, Kawhi did um, – Philadelphia's team doctor is the doctor that treated Kawhi. And so the funny right. thing is that the Sixers medical staff actually probably has more intel on Kawhi Leonard right now than the San Antonio Spurs medical staff. Um, but I don't know if that, I far be it for me to think that, uh, the medical staff has any inside intel, but if they're getting anything from them saying, look, this guy's not coming long-term and that's why they're dragging their feet on. Um, I, I honestly don't have any other reason to believe that, uh, you know, why they wouldn't just throw Fulton into a package to get a player like him. But. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll
4: see about that, man. It's going to be lots of good
2: things to look at and
4: see and everything. So, that's what makes the NBA so fun. That's why I love the NBA. Hey, Kevin, thanks a lot, bro. I really appreciate you picking me up on this. Let's talk again soon, oh, bro. Oh, for sure.
2: Oh, we'll do. All Got right, to. take
4: care. Do yourself. Yeah, man. So, basically, please check out uh, Kevin, Clu- uh, Kevin B- uh, McLooney, uh McLoone, rather. I messed up his name <laughs> again. And Jared Singleton on the, week- the weekend adjustments every Saturday morning. W uh, M O H fourteen fifty the ticket, as well as my friend Janina Reed on YouTube podcast Real Tennis Fans. I love that pod- I love this podcast tonight. I had a lot of fun. I hope you all do too. And please check me out on uh, iTunes as well. This is podcast on iTunes. And check me out on Twitter at at uh, Scotty B underscore uh, seventy three on Twitter. I think this is my Twitter handle. Make sure it's okay, the right one. I don't know. No, I don't know. My own Twitter, know, no. Give it a to my 2000. Scotty B underscore night ghost. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, i will try, y'all. Please forgive me, but thank y'all for tuning in to the Clown Time, to the Clown Hour, the Scott send off. Oh six. Peace out and
3: good night.